Messianic Radio for a spiritually hungry world. Speak to the Rock. Get answers for your life. Find out what's missing in your Bible and why. Solace Radio. Changing lives one heart at a time. So quiet, all of you. What are you doing? Nobody comes on time anymore, huh? What is the deal with that? Is it just because we're here too long or nobody get up? Okay. Got a psalm to read like we always do. And uh, I think I have a message for you from the Lord. You ever hear when somebody comes up to you? I'm sure you guys are pretty spiritually minded. If somebody comes up to you and says, I, I, I heard a word for you from the Lord, or I have a message from you, for you from the Lord. Does that happen to you on a fairly regular basis? That's, no? That's, that's the way I get the messages. These are not messages that, that I sit and go, I think I'll teach on faith, or I'll do a, a sermon series on the Ten Commandments. I, I, and, and sadly enough, I'm not that interested in teaching you every nuance about the tabernacle. I used to do that like 10 years ago, but I'm kind of done with that. Um, where it's at is intimacy with God. Where it's at is being so in love with God that when the water is up to here, you're still singing his praises. That's what you need. Forget about everything else. It doesn't matter how much you know about the tabernacle. I could Hebrew and Greek you to your head spinning. I could impress you with knowledge like you don't even know. Trust me. I really could. But I'm not into that. I'm not into impressing you. You need to have faith. When everything is falling apart around you, and trust me, I've been telling you this for here eight years, but for 20 years, in our generation, things are going to fall apart like never before. I told you that magic carpet ride of the rapture theory is the rupture theory. It's just not true. It's not biblically based. It's not true. It hasn't been taught. It started to teach in the late 1860s. It wasn't taught for 1860 years. It's never taught. Yeshua didn't teach it. Disciples didn't teach it. Things are going to get rough, and what we're going to need is faith. You follow? We're going to need faith. And people say, how do you do that? How do you, how do you do all that? You fall in love with God more and more. However, listen to me. I'm sure some of you are head over heels in love with God, but I'm telling you, you need to be more in love with him. Don't ever think for a minute, I don't care how much you know, that this is about as much love as I can, I can be with the Lord. It's not true. It's not true. You know that because look back on your life. Wherever you are now, are you at the same level of love with God that you were a year ago? Shouldn't even be a week ago. Shouldn't be a week ago. That's what we're going to need, faith. Like those three Jewish boys in the fire. I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but nevertheless, they didn't flinch. That's what we're going to need. That's what the Lord is telling me. That's what he's sharing with me. And in this place, he's preparing the bride for the coming bridegroom. We are not preparing ourselves to go to heaven. If you're saved, you're already prepared to go to heaven. We're being prepared for heaven to come here. Do you understand? The bride is getting herself ready for the bridegroom. And the way the bride gets ready is she goes through a purification process, a major sanctifying overhaul. And the way we get to increase our faith is when we're in a desperate situation and we cry out to God, even question God. And then when God comes to the rescue, whenever his timing is, it's very humbling and it's very powerful and it injects us with faith. But you will not know him as healer unless you're sick. You understand? So when these things come upon you, don't be overwhelmed. It's an opportunity for God to show himself as God. You understand? I know that for a long time, maybe before you got here, you wanted everything to be nice. But if everything's nice, you don't, you don't want earth's shoes to fit you so comfortably that you don't cry out for heaven. For, for 
for decades, even centuries, the bodies of believers in America has not cried out for the kingdom to come. In fact, in most of our Christian circles, we're not even taught about the kingdom coming. We're taught about us going. And we get saved, and then we're there. We know that where we're going to go, which is true. We know we have eternal life. And then we go on just autopilot. But it is said that the body of believers doesn't love Yeshua so much that they're crying and weeping for his return. You'll know where you are with the Lord if you spend some time weeping and crying for his return. Literally. Literally, how much more news can you hear? How much more cancer? How much more divorce? How much more child abuse? How much more corporations absconding funds and the rich getting richer? How much more can you hear of these horrific situations and not fall and say, please, Lord, come where your, your heart is overwhelmed. It's pouring out from the depths of your soul. Lord, come and restore. Come and restore. I know this is not typical. This is not typical, but it should be typical. Do you understand? It is not typical in the body of believers, but it should be typical. The true body of believers should be crying out now for the Lord's return more than ever. You'll know where you are with God. Every time I hear another bad report, you know, my heart cries, Oh, Lord, come back, come back. And you have to ask yourself, why are they not crying for him to come back? Do they care? I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. But you can't be caught up in your own little world, honey. It's not about you and your own little world. It's about the king and his kingdom. Oh, God, you are my God. I will seek you eagerly. Some of your versions say earnestly. My heart thirsts for you. I still believe that those who hunger and thirst for the Lord will be filled. I believe what God says. My heart thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a land parched and exhausted where no water can be found. He's talking physically, but it's also spiritually. I used to contemplate you in the sanctuary, seeing your power and glory. It's a fancy, fancy term in theological circles, which means beatific vision. It means having rapturous, blissful, euphoric sensations when you're in God's presence. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Please, give me a hand. Give me a head shake. Just jump up and down. Do something. I was up all night. You're going to put me to sleep, really. This is not a morning service. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. This is not a morning service. I didn't come here to mourn. I came here to celebrate the greatness and goodness of my God. I've come here to give him praise and glory, not, not, oh, Rabbi, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to give you any more knowledge. You want knowledge? There's a gazillion books. Just read them. Spend your whole life locked up in a room reading books. Lock yourself up in a room. I'm going out there and sharing the gospel. Lock yourself up in a room. Read more. Read more. Maybe one day when we have all the vast knowledge, You know what I mean? You'll never have enough knowledge. You see dimly. Compared to what God knows, we know nothing. But you know, even that nothing is more than some people know. You know plenty. I used to contemplate you in the sanctuary, blissful, angelic, heavenly, euphoric joy, seeing your power and glory. Have you seen God's power and glory lately? You're not going to see it in a Bible study. 
You're going to see it when you spend time with him, and you're going to see it when you go out, energized by the Holy Spirit, doing things and seeing God move. When you pray for people and when you share with people, seeing God move, and you're going to go, this is unbelievable. This is glorious and powerful because I know me. You don't have it. You're just you. You don't have it. You are a mess. You are a broken mess. You are so messed up. See, all of you are so messed up, including moi. I'm the most messed up. I'm more messed up than you'll ever know. So messed up. This close to being just, but you know what? For whatever reason, God chooses to use me, and he's choosing to use you if you'll just be there for the choosing. It's not what you have. You don't have anything. But you have access to his Holy Spirit. He just wants to borrow your body. He just wants to step in and use you. Like a suit of clothes. And then when he does, you know you. So you'll go, oh, wow. You are powerful and glorious. You won't dare say you're powerful and glorious. I dare you to say that. You'll be cut down so fast. Boy, unless you come to me like a little child, huh? Why do they get it? Why do they get it so well? I mean, it's just, that should be so convicting. That should be so convicting. Hmm. More convicting than you know. I don't want to get into it. But boy, the Lord just told me something. Wow. Seeing your power and your glory for your grace is better than life. Can you really say that? Your grace. Your grace is better than life. It's more important than life. It is my life. Your grace is my life. Without it, I don't have life. My lips will worship you. Yes. You, you don't, I'll tell you later what time this was written when David wrote this. He didn't write this when he found out he won the lottery, by the way. He didn't write this in the midst of blessing, just for the record. That's what I love about the Psalms. It's just somehow God just took some nouns and verbs and adjectives and wrapped them around raw, real emotion. They're real, man. They speak right from the heart. No, I'm fine. Everything's good. Too blessed to be stressed. It is real, and it is raw, and it is powerful. Speaks right from the heart. Shoots right from the hip. Nothing sugar-coated or candy-coated. Bam! Full blast. Yes, I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. In full surrender, I'm yours. I commit my spirit to you, O God. I am as satisfied with rich food. How many more cooking channels? I mean, I don't have cable, but every time I go somewhere, there's another stupid cooking show with another dopey little way to make chicken. And people are trying so hard to be satisfied with food. You eat to live. You don't live to eat, man. They're trying so hard. You know, when I used to work in the city, I remember people taking me to Smith & Walensky's world-renowned steakhouses. $75 back then, 25 years ago, for a steak. I couldn't taste the steak. I, I don't understand. Did, did, this, did this cow graze or did he live in a penthouse? I don't understand. And yeah, it, it's better than a, a $5 steak. Granted, it is. But you're not going to get satisfied with food, man. The heart longs for the presence of God. I'm sorry. I just, it, it's impossible for me to read the word of God and not have it slam me. I, I really wanted to just read this psalm. I'm sorry. I'll just read. 
I am as satisfied with rich food. My mouth praises you with joy on my lips. When I remember you on my bed and meditate on you in the night watches. When God wakes you up at two or four, don't be upset. (laughs) For you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings I rejoice. My heart clings to you. Oh, man. Your right hand supports me. But those who seek to destroy my life, they will go down to the lowest parts of the earth. Don't worry about those who are trying to get at you. Just don't even, don't even worry about it. May they be given over to the power of the sword. May they become prey for jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him will exult. For the mouth of liars will be silenced. I'm just banking on a very powerful time with the Lord. You know, I'm just, I just am. I am banking on it. I'm feeling it. I am believing for it. Man, you are not going to leave here the same. No way. This is not going to be a waste of time. It's not going to be an exercise in futility. You're not scoring little brownie points with the Lord. Well, I went to a service this week. I did what you told me to do. Mm -mm. If you open up your heart today to the Lord, you will not leave here the same. I don't care if you've been walking with God for 67,000 years. I could care less if you read every book. You've been to a seminary, two seminaries. You've got three doctorates. I could care less. Or you're a believer a week. You'll not leave here the same. Unless you want to. And then there's nothing we can do for you. Not even the Holy Spirit. Stands at the door and knocks. That's not talking about the lost. He's talking to the body of believers. Check me out. Revelation 3. He's not talking to the lost. They use it for the lost, but it's misapplied like so many other scriptures. He says, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you will open that heart to me, I will come and sup with you. There is no shot. The Holy Spirit can walk into your heart and you can leave here the same. There is no shot. But you know the old saying, you can lead a horse to water. No, you can't. The Lord's going to lead us to the water, but he ain't going to make you drink it. You hear what I said? And you know, I know you're busy. You got busy. A lot of you go to church on Sunday, so this is like, you know, you're double dipping. And you don't want to waste your time. No way. And some of you definitely come here expecting. That's good. You should be expecting. The Lord loves expectancy. He loves when you hope that he's going to show. He even really loves when you believe he's going to show. You get all that hope and faith in one room, who knows what's going to happen. The Bible says when two or three are gathered, I count a lot more than two or three. So I'm thinking, who knows, it could erupt. I don't know what you were expecting, but I'm expecting an eruption. I'm thinking God is powerful. Lightning, what does it travel? Lightning isn't like light. It has its own light. It travels 140,000 miles per hour. It's fairly fast. It's 50,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's hot. What does water boil? 212 degrees. 50,000 degrees. Ouch. Has one gigajoule of energy, which is one billion volts. What's your car battery have? 12 volts. Wow. One billion volts. Sounds pretty powerful. And you know what he said to Job? He said, sit down. Let me ask you a question, bud. Can you, can you call the lightning? And does it bow before you and say, here I am, Lord? (laughs) You get the picture? Thought you would. So if God is that powerful, maybe you just haven't believed. Maybe the problem isn't from the power source. 
maybe it's the receiver. You know, when you can't get a station in, it's not the broadcaster's fault. A lot of times you don't have the hookup. You're not connected. A lot of times when you, they troubleshoot, the first thing they ask you, is it plugged in? And you think, what, am I an idiot? Of course it's plugged. Of course it's plugged in. <laughs> yeah, what else? Seems to be working now. I've got to go. Right? So some of you say, what, am I an idiot, Rabbi? Of course I'm plugged in, are you? What else are you plugged into? You ever see those power cords today? Oh, man, the Lord is dropping something on us right now. I swear he is. You know, I don't know. I'm uh, 52 years old. I remember we had, like, nothing. We had nothing electronic. We finally got a television. And a lot of times I was the antenna. They had rabbit ears, and I had to hold them. My father would go, okay, it's good there. And I'd let go. He goes, no good. And I'd hold him. He goes, it's good there. I'd let go, no good. I go, Dad, you want me to hold the thing the whole time? And he looks at me like, yeah. How else am I going to watch it? And he was serious. Tough guy, not one of these gentle little Jewish dads. He was a tough guy. And so now I've seen people's houses, you have that long, and there's like 52 things plugged in. You're wondering, wow, seems like it's hazardous almost. So what I'm saying is, okay, for us that are plugged into the Lord, what else are we plugged into? Because, you know, a lot of times we're plugged into a lot of stuff. And so you wonder, how, how, how much, you know, how much could, you know, we only have so much. Like if we're plugged into, we, we're into this and we're into that and we're into this and we want to do that, we want to do this, and, and we kind of love God, right? Listen to me. It's not going to work. It's okay. You could be very saved. I'm just telling you, if you want more of God, you've got to unplug something. I'm not telling you you have to do it. I'm giving you the theory. It's up to you to put it into practice. If you love God and you want more of God, you've got to unplug from something, and you've got to plug more into him. Deep calls to deep. The Lord would say, how deep do you want to go? How deep do you want? I'll take you as deep as you want. I'll take you as into. We can be as tight as you want. It's not up to me. God, he's looking to pour out. He's not holding back. It's up to us. He's pumping it out, man. And it doesn't make you, listen, it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you an ugly little sinner. It's all right. Whatever relationship you want with him. He's not going to go, well, if you only want to take it that, then I'm, I'm done with you. No, no, no. Don't believe that. That's silly. He loves you. He's crazy about you. He's not crazy about me more than you. He's not crazy about you more than me. His love is unchanging. That's what the Word says. Even if your own heart doesn't say that. Even if you don't believe it, it doesn't matter. I know what the Word says. I believe the Word over your emotions. You hear me? I believe God's Word over you. You should believe God's Word over me. Don't listen to me. Check it with the Word. Don't take what I have... <laughs> I wouldn't do that if I were you. I don't even listen to me. <laughs> Why are you listening to me? <laughs> I listen to the word of God. I don't care what my emotions say. It's wrong. But as deep as you want to take it, that's as deep as he'll take it. Right? You know. You know. I don't know. I'm just never satisfied. I always feel like there's more. There's something more to, I don't know. Maybe it's my own little problem. Who knows? I'm a weird mess. A wreck. A wreck. A wretch. A wretch. Oh, wretch. Oh, wretched man am I. Who said that? And he did pretty good, huh? He had a pretty good record. <laughs> yeah. It's all right if you say that about yourself. Doesn't mean you're a bum. You know what wretch means? A lot of people think I'm just I'm garbage. I beat myself up. No, it's not what a wretch means. A wretch is somebody who struggles with choosing. <sighs> I want, what do you think he said? I want to do. I want all the spiritual stuff. But every now and then I feel pulled. 
I feel pulled and I don't want that. I want this, but I feel I'm in a battle. I'm in a battle. Who will save me? He's crying out. God, I need you. I need you to help me make those good choices. I need you so I can cling on to you. And it's that heart cry, that humble, desperate heart cry where God goes, wow, I think we got something here. I think I got something to work with here. This guy, is, he's, okay, okay, I think we'll use him. He gets it. You follow? And I know some of you, you study and you read and you think, this is, I, I got something. You, you know what you got? This much. All right. Okay. So, let's pray. Okay? And let's move in and let's get close to God. Father, we love you. Truly, we love you. Everybody in this room loves you. We love you. Crazy about you. That's why we come to this nutty place. And Father, we expect you to show up and do something. Because that's what you do. When you show up, you just do stuff. And Father, we'd love to see your face, spiritually speaking. We'd love to have a face-to-face encounter with you today. We're just... Feel your presence enveloped in the shadow of your wings, overwhelmed by your love and your grace and your mercy, humbled in your sight, just blown away. Grab more of our heart, Father. Steal our heart away from the world. Captivate us, Lord. Do it. Do it so we can be freer. So we can be freer. Freer. Freer from what the world thinks. Freer from the temptations. Freer from our own neuroses and idiosyncrasies that we call quirks that are really kind of weird, free us, free us from ourselves. (laughs) And use us for your glory, really, use us, use us. Just just pump your people up with your light today and send them out, send them out. And Father, energize what we do and what we think and what we say by your Holy Spirit. Father, I know there has to be at least one person here who came in with a heavy heart. Somebody got some news yesterday or the day before, or from a friend, or something's going on in their family, their marriage, with a kid, finances, emotions, something, 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 something. We don't need to know. They know. You know. All we're asking from you is to do something. Be the healer, Father. Be the deliverer. Be their strong tower in the midst of the storm. Be their refuge. Father, we are frail and weak. Human beings, creatures, frail and weak. Pounded, pounded by the storms of life. Pounded by our own mental inadequacies. We're pounded. And we're stressed out by this wacky society who keeps pushing us and pushing us and telling us do more, do more, do more, do more, do more, do more, do more. More, 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 more. You gotta have more. Father, we need peace. And that peace we need, only you have. So bless us with your peace. Bless us with your peace, Father. Lord, I'm asking you because I happen to love these people a lot. And I want them to be blessed. So do what you do. We trust and we love you. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Well, I, I could never get away with saying what you just said. The part about not talking much. <laughs> That'd like, be like open mouth, insert foot. Listen, how many people know about this Solace Radio deal? This is crazy how it fell in our laps. I don't know if you're aware of this, but it, it's, it's just incredible. And I, I, I just weeping in the presence of God this morning for a while. I have a feeling he's up to something. And I'm not saying that rhetorically. You know what I mean? Like people say, God is on his throne and he's working. Yeah. I mean, something more specific. But 
There's a lady that, that has an internet, uh, her, her and her husband have a ministry, and they have an internet radio uh, program that goes all over the world, 120 countries. And interestingly enough, she got a call from somebody in middle Georgia, and she just started doing a search, and she stumbled upon Beth Yeshua's website. And she archived some of the teachings, and she called Denise right away and said, do you think you'd let some of those teachings get on the radio show? Well, she says it's been, I don't want to, I'm just saying, I'm bragging to the Lord, it's been an overwhelming response. They're putting it on now. But this, this is the neat thing, let me bridge it. They're putting the, the messages on three times a day, and they want to go to more than five times a day. I was a little reluctant because there's teachers on there. I don't agree with all their theology. I'm sure they don't agree with all mine, but there's some things that really bug me about some of the things they teach. And I said to her, are we going to be booked into this, you know, is... Am I going to be with them? They, she said, no, it's all autonomous. Anyway, um, it's, it's, she's hearing from people in Japan that are hearing the messages right now in Japan. It's, it's phenomenal, and I'll tell you why. Who, does anybody mind if I give them a little update on India? Okay. Um, Shabbat Shalom. I just got this this morning. Shabbat Shalom, dearest brother, rabbi, and saints. Greetings to both of you, to your blessed family, and all the saints with you in the most precious name of our Lord. Messiah Yeshua. This is an epistle. Thank you so much for your kind, continuous prayers, blessings, and sacrificial support. Yeah, they, they, these are spirit-filled people. They don't, they don't text the message, you know what I'm saying? Thank you so much for your kind, continuous prayers, blessings, and sacrificial support to this humble ministry in India. We are all eternally grateful to you and to each and every one of our brothers and sisters of CBY Macon. I'll get to a point in a minute. Brother, last two weeks I have been very busy in traveling, meeting pastors in their congregations. You know, we have 150 congregations there. We have, you have, 150. And you need to tell people because there are just some big churches that have to get involved in this. Listen, this is not a small deal. I believe, I really believe, I mean, we went there five years ago to bring 100 Bibles to a little village. That's all I thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was going to be anything more. To be honest with you, I thought when we came here, we were going to have 20 or 30 people learning about Jewish roots, and I'd be gone in a year. I just don't have a vision for that. I don't care to have a vision for that. It's not important. God's going to do what he's going to do. If he wants me to do something, I'll do it. I don't need anybody to tell me what he's going to do. He'll tell me what he's going to do, and I'll just do it. You follow? But I don't think along those lines big. I, don't, I just don't. I think upon, upon the lines of God, not on ministry of God. You follow? That's my thinking. But anyway, this thing is nuts, and if we can get people involved in this, we can just do so much here. We have reached a limit. Do you follow? We have reached a limit. We have sent them over $100,000, but we've reached a limit. There's just so much. Yes, we could sell houses. We could sell cars. We can do that. But I don't think God's calling us to do that. I think somehow I need you to pray for me, for God to bring people. There are ministries in there that, that get what we get in a year. They get in a week. And, and they keep, listen, sorry if I offend you or a place you go, but they keep pouring into their saved souls. It's enough. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that this ministry has a chance to be as big as you can fathom. I believe a million new believers in Southeast India. I really do. Through, through CBY India. And I would, never, I would never say that to, you know, if you've been here eight years with me, I never go there. But I'm only going there because I really believe the Lord has, has told me that. And I need, we can't do that. We cannot produce a million believers, this, this congregation. It's, it's, we need other people. They need resources. I need to send some teams over there to live there for three months or six months. Really? Well, let me read. Brother, last two weeks I've been busy 
few new villages, everywhere, great response. Every congregation benefited, new souls added. 400 new souls. I told you the Lord told me 500. I believe we're going to hear about 100 more. He hasn't reached every village yet. But so far, 400 people, okay, in, in a five-day trip. Every pastor says to me, Brother Samuel, in my congregation, five brothers added. Three sisters added. My congregation, three families added. My congregation, five new families added. Do you believe what God was doing there? I mean, totally just sweeping them in, man. Sweeping them in. This is the response from the pastors and their congregations, brother. I'm not able to write all these things at this time, but I'm sending you a tiny work report. Listen to what he's done in 10 days. Baptism, 7. Thanksgiving prayers, 5. Private Bible study, 16. Gospel open air meetings, 13. Visiting the sick, 31. Dude, he does more in a week than some of you did in a lifetime. Street meetings, 5. Do you know why I pour money into there? Because it's well spent. It's not some big fat missionary on some big fat board sitting in first class dropping six grand on a ticket because his fat butt can't get in a regular seat because he's a little uncomfortable. He's got a bad back. Sorry, but it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Somebody's got to say it's ridiculous. Otherwise, this ridiculous stuff will keep going on. Some people think it's rude, it's harsh. Yes, it is rude, it's harsh. But if you keep placating, you work for a boss that's a miserable guy, and everybody keeps quitting because he's miserable. What do you say when you quit? Well, I just, I found a job close to the home. No, I'm quitting because you're horrible. You're a horrible person. you got to change. Why do you think your, your business is a revolving door? But if you don't tell him, he'll never change. And he just might say, you know, you're right. He, he just might punch you in the face, but he might... He might also say, you know, you're right. And then you say, I love you. I really do. I pray for you. I can't, but you got to, you know, we all got to change. But man, you got to, you're killing people. You follow? Family prayer meetings, three. Memorial meetings, two. Visiting the aged and the widows, 27. Visiting 13 more villages and 16 pastors in their congregations. That's why I pour money, because he won't use it for himself. He takes care of his family, the, the, you know, the necessities. And then it just pours out. You said a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks goes. We had a private Bible study in Vanapali Village. I'm sorry. Am I getting nuts? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's come over me? You're okay with this? Really? Come on, you're just not saying that, are you? See, some little girl said to me the other day, you seem angry, Rabbi. You seem angry. And the mother said, no, he's emphatic. What's emphatic? I'm not angry. I'm, re- I'm not. If you, how many of you have hung out with me, just you and me, or you and me and a kid? Aren't I just mellow, happy, nice guy? Something comes over me, the Spirit of God, I think, and I get very excited about God and his kingdom and what he's doing. And I'm not angry. And if you ever feel like I'm angry at you or I'm blasting you or, wow, you made me feel like, you know, poop, just call me and I'll apologize because I don't want to. I want to absolutely encourage you and get you pumped and get you excited and fill up your balloon. That's what I want. That's really what I want. So if I don't do that, let me know because I want to do that. By the same token, though, there is no shot you're going to get a New York Jew to candy coat anything. Ain't gonna happen. 
he went 30 kilometers from his village, a new a village. He started a Bible study there. We visited this village, right, Vanapali. They asked me to visit them and preach. This is, this is wonderful. You know, please come and preach after we went there. Do you, do you know what an apostolic anointing is? No. Okay, an apostolic anointing isn't a church planner. A church planner is a church planner. You can have a secular person plan a church. An apostolic anointing is something God drops. It's a messenger where he goes, and he plows something new. And then they just come right after him, and it's the, the field is fertile. And they come in there, the teachers and the preachers and the evangelists and the, and the prophets. They just come in. It's plowed, and they just go in, and they do their thing, and it's already the people are ready to just hear. Okay. This is what God is doing through this place. It's an apostolic anointing like the old school. Remember what the disciples were called? Apostles. They went out and plowed a field, and then the Ephesians 4.11 ministry came in. You follow? The prophets, the, yeah, you didn't think that, yeah, that was really true, what was going on, and it still goes on today. Yeah, when you hear, like, apostle so-and-so, and all he does is go to churches and speak and collect money, he's not an apostle. <laughs> all right, some of you obviously don't know them. Uh, we, we had a wonderful Bible study there. We discussed about your kind trip, your wonderful... Uh, uh, we discussed a few things about our great God, and we prayed for many Hindus. Finally, two young people were baptized. You've got to understand the Hindu culture, guys. This is not, it is 4,000 years old, a minimum of 250,000 gods. Family, family passes it down. Generational curses, caste systems, reincarnation. When people start coming, it's, forget it. Forget it, man. It's the Holy Spirit. Forty more Hindus came to hear the gospel. Some of them are the higher caste people. This is unheard of. The Dalits will listen. They carry the dung, but not the Brahmins. They're listening, man. They're coming. John uh, Gupati, that's one of the pastors that joined when we were there. Guys, you remember? Okay. He said after hearing the gospel from Rabbi, three Hindu families converted and people are healed. These brethren have great faith in our Lord. They, when they come, it's not like, okay, all right, eternal life. I didn't even talk to them about eternal life. I talked to them about being enslaved to the Lord. And when they come, man, they, um, listen, it's, you want to talk about submission and turning your whole life over? Man, oh, man. Yeah, okay. Um, Kadali Pandu's family, eight members in the family, after hearing the gospel from Rabbi, they were all converted and are coming to worship regularly. Brother Vasmati Naswaro. He heard the gospel from rabbi in the village. After that, he came to Pastor John, asked to give baptism, baptized. Then he is bringing all his family members to hear the gospel. There are four members in his family. Please pray. Sister Guthula, who heard the gospel that same day, was baptized. She has no husband and has parents and a daughter. They are also coming to the Lord. Hallelujah. Please pray for this humble sister. There is a brother in the village named Sadevriyanya, who has been suffered from heart weakness. I remember this guy. He's been using medicines for the disease. Rabbi prayed for his healing that day, and he was healed. He is not using medicines anymore. He's coming to worship regularly. He is praising God with the happiest heart. Please pray for him. There is another sister in the village. I remember this lady. Also healed from stomach aches. She is witnessing our Lord. These people, the reason why God does this, it's the Mark thing. They, he heals them, and then they run and say, I want to tell you, they're witnessing in their healing about their gods never did nothing for them. No offense to their gods, but I tell them. What did they do for you? You keep sacrificing your food. You sacrifice your time. You sacrifice your children. Tell me what they're doing for you. And then they go into the village and go, remember when I couldn't work? I'm in the fields 12 hours. That's what that God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did. You know the witness in that? See, you know what we witness it? 
our mind, intelligence. And you know what we spend more time doing? Fighting with other believers of what they believe. You're wasting your energy. Someone to make it a change. Your job is to not make sure somebody puts up a Christmas tree. God gave you the revelation. Don't put it up. But spend your energy on lost souls. Later, we went to M.R. Palm Village to meet Pastor Peter and his congregation. We had a nice fellowship with him. We praised and glorified that night. They were all very happy when they saw me and asked, how was Rabbi Ted, John, and Stuart? I said they were doing well, except for my sister Bernadette. They were all very sorry to hear that. And all the brethren immediately knelt down and prayed. Listen, he will definitely heal her from her sickness. Rama Lakshmi, who has suffered with severe headaches. Some of these people, you know, there is no doctor, there is no medicine. When they have like migraines and massive headaches, it's painful every day for years. And nervous weakness came to the night meeting in the Palm Village. Rabbi delivered a message. After that, she came to Rabbi with great faith for her healing and also for her life in him. Rabbi prayed for me, this is what she's saying, and God healed me that very moment, she said with great joy. Hallelujah. She and her family members are coming to worship. Now the whole family comes. They know she's sick. They know her. And then they just come, and they submit their life to the Lord. Um, I'm, I'm just, all I'm reading this for is not, listen, I don't know how it happens. I just know what happens. And I'm trying to tell you that God is great. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build my own faith in him. You follow? I need faith too because when you get a bad report, I get that report. And when you get a bad report, I get that report. And I get your bad report and your bad report. And sometimes it's very overwhelming. And I need faith. I need to go on. I need to keep going. I need faith. So I read this to get my faith up because my faith isn't where it needs to be. I need to be faithful. You follow? I'm not saying, hey, I'm faithful. You be faithful. I'm I'm just trying to, you know, get us all pumped up in God. So when you read Rabbi prayed, it could have been anybody prayed. I'm just reading it. I should block it out. That's not the issue. So make sure you don't think, is he trying to say that he's doing great things? No, I don't believe that for a minute. Not for a second. I don't feel like I'm doing anything great. No way. Not even, in fact, I feel the opposite. Most of the time I feel like I'm wasting my time and I'm, I'm working so hard and nothing's being accomplished. That's how I feel. You want to know how I feel? That's how I feel. Why? I don't know. Maybe God's protecting me from me. But it seems to be working. <laughs> um, Sitama lives in Palam Village, attends the worship regularly, but her husband does not like to worship our true God. You know, when that happens, the men over there, it's a little different, okay? I mean, you could just beat the snot out of your wife and it's okay. It's accepted. And she's, there's nowhere for her to go. There's no abuse hotline. There's no, she can't leave, okay? So when you're a believer, when you're a Hindu woman, you wipe off that mark, and you go back to your husband, it could be a little dangerous. Follow? Okay, so he's not into it. She heard that rabbi came to the village that night, so she begged her husband to hear the good news through the public address system. He wouldn't come to the meeting, but they throw up this makeshift speaker. Okay, she attended the meeting, and obviously he listened. After the meeting, rabbi prayed for her and for her family. I was praying for her husband. I don't know who he is. God has changed the husband's mind, and he is also attending the meetings. Listen, just listen how sweet this is, Samuel. She is very happy and saying that God has changed my husband's heart through the prayers. She is sending heartfelt greetings to Rabbi and all the saints with you. Ronnie, whose husband left her a few years ago. Recently, Rabbi prayed for her in a meeting. 
A couple of days later, her husband was back. And they are living happily, and they are coming to the Lord. Hallelujah. It's crazy, right? I told these guys when they come, I said, you're going to see healings, miracles, and I don't even understand it. It's not a great prayer. It's not, it's not that. But I said, you're going to see this. And it's hard to believe, right? When we left, I said, things happened, but you didn't see it because so much was going on. But you're going to hear about healings. And, se- and remember, I said about 500 people. And you don't see it, right? But he's not lying. He's not a liar. This guy gives his life to the Lord. You know it. He went to that village when they all said, don't go. 14 people in Orissa got burned in their chairs. You know what? He was putting his life on the line by going to them and bringing them food in the forest in Orissa with a killing people. This guy is the real deal, man. He is the real deal. Brother, I told about my sister Bernadette's health. There's hundreds of people praying now. Brother, I visited eight more villages in Krishna district, and he, he lists the eight villages. Wherever I go, the pastors are coming to me with great joy and saying to me, Brother, after Rabbi and the saints, Ted John and Stuart visited, our brethren have been encouraged. Families are being added to the congregations. Many are interested to hear the gospel. All the pastors are very happy, and they are very encouraged, and they got a recharge from the messages and faithful prayers. They were also blessed by your kind gifts, the bicycles, the clothes, etc. And then he talks about a great need. This is about the end of it. Hindus are very hungry for the gospel in India. I'll preach the gospel here, but listen, there are 400 churches in Macon. If somebody wants to hear the gospel, they have plenty of opportunity. You know what I'm saying? You just, it's overkill. What did I tell you? 300 churches could leave Macon, Macon wouldn't change. I'm not going to tell you which 300. Because <laughs> I don't know. I just know the Lord said 100 churches is enough in this town. It's enough. So, so, yes, do you still have family members you pray for? Do you still share? But what I'm saying is, if you have a buck and you want to invest it, and you know here you get a 75% return, and here you get a 5% return, do I need to ask you where you're going to put your money? A soul's a soul. I don't care what people say, well, there's needs in America. We spend over a million dollars per soul. There are plenty of ministry in America. America's heard the gospel. It's on TV. It's radio. You can get a Bible in Walmart. The gospel for India, they need it now. It's, it's coming full circle, and it's going to hit Jerusalem soon. We don't have much time. I just want to be a little strategic. Okay, the Indian population has crossed one million mark. We have to do more hard work to spread the gospel in this idol-worshiping nation. Many Hindus already left their gods and goddesses. Our Lord has provided us with the opportunity and charged us with the responsibility to teach the spiritually ignorant. He feels the charge. He's assuming the responsibility. My brother, a great number of these people have never heard of our Lord. When we go to their villages, they've never heard. Never. I know it's hard to believe, but this is a throwback. Please pray for these lost souls. Though the land is extremely religious, unfortunately the gospel is resisted due to strong cultural and religious bondage. It's, it's the enemy. Idolatry is rampant, and India broke the first commandment centuries ago. Does he get it? You want to know why Africa was called the dark continent? Because it was so caught up with voodoo, they were cursed. The Bible, why do you think America is blessed? America has been blessed because she's been a believing people. There's been a remnant here that loves the Lord, and the only nation of 212 that stands by Israel. Hello? Is it changing? Yeah, but there's a remnant here. Why? Why is India starving? Not just because people aren't trying to feed them. They've cursed themselves. They've invoked the names of other gods. They broke the first commandment for centuries. 
You might think that's unfair. Go. So you know what? For you that think it's unfair, go argue with God. Tell me how you're doing. So what's your defense? Every household, every village and districts have their own gods and goddesses. You guys, we pointed out all the temples and in the homes. The multitudes have no knowledge of the true and living God. Hence, they continue to live in superstition and ignorance. The Bible clearly says my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. How can they have true understanding of the living God, the God of the Bible, without first having the opportunity to read his word? And how can they read his word unless someone gives them a copy of the Bible? We often satisfy ourselves by giving them Bibles when we have Bibles in our homes. Lord has honored those humble means, but the real need is to let them have a copy of his word, the Bible, the fountain of true knowledge. Is that how you see your word? Is that how you hold your Bible? When you hold it as a book that you throw on your dashboard, or do you hold it like it's your treasured possession? There are millions of homes in our nation without a copy of the Bible. Our people are hungry and ready to accept a copy of the Bible without any hesitation. The the pump's primed, guys. It's primed. Just if any of you, you know some rich people that give their money where 70% of it goes to administration? Talk to them about this ministry. I promise you the money won't go south. I promise you. Okay, you know you have a a pastor friend who likes missions where there's people getting saved, not somebody going for a year and there's one salvation, and people say, well, wouldn't you spend a million dollars for one soul? I spend $8 billion for one soul, but that's not the point. If I could spend a million for a million souls, I'd rather do that. They are receiving it too with such respect, meaning the Bible. As stated above, there are millions of homes in India without Bibles. We have distributed 1,500 already. It's a lot. Still, they need 2,000. I'm telling you, this week, I'm sending the money. I don't care if we can't pay for the lighting, I'm sending the money. The cost of the Bible is $3. That's why people say, can we send it? Listen, do you know what it would cost to send a Bible there? Do you have any idea? No, you don't send it. You send them money. You send it to a trustworthy soul who's going to get the Bibles. If you send a Bible, it might never get there anyway. You know what you're dealing with with these countries. The cost of a soft drink or coffee from a vending machine would provide a home with the Bible. Now, I'm not asking you to stop buying clothes or buy, you know, fancy foods. I'm not, I don't want to go there. I'm asking you to pray for me to give me an opportunity to speak to some people about a ministry that's really effective, okay? The problem with a lot of people is if it's not their idea, they don't want to get involved. I'm not looking for an accolade. I, I, I've admitted to you a thousand times. I was clueless when I went. I still am. Okay, I don't care who takes credit. If they want to put their name on it, if they want me to drop their name on a window, if that's what they want, I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to collect $100,000 and throw their name in memory of their $100,000. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying there's got to be people out there who love the Lord, who's got the bucks, who want to see souls saved and people delivered and people clothed and fed. This is just a great ministry that God has dropped in our lap. And I believe he's going to do something. I just think we have to pray it and push it a little bit and want it. You know, a little, a little desperation. Um, dearest brother, I'm closing this email now with lifted up praying hands. I have to write many things, but I have to go now. This is just a small report. We're going to hear much more. I'll talk to you more soon. Kindly pray for us, for all the pastors and their work and their families, and especially for the lost thing souls. We do always pray for both of you, for your good health, and especially for my sister. We are also praying for your blessed children and all the children of CBY. We are also praying for each and every one of our brothers and sisters at CBY. And when they say that, they're praying for you, okay? They're not saying that like we say it. I'll pray for you. They're really praying for you. We need your prayers and encouragement to continue the Lord's work. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord. We pray, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Messiah. God, be gracious to you, bless you. 
make his face shine on you, so that you may know, uh, that you may be known, your salvation among all the nations, your humble servant, Samuel. Anyway, I am just hoping that maybe through this Solace Radio, maybe through other things, you know what I mean? Because if people are blessed and they say, what do you need to do? I don't need to put, you know, a, a ninth floor on here. I don't need that. But I would, I would like them to, to help out the ministry. If they're being blessed by this ministry, that's, that's all I'm looking for. Solace Radio isn't paying us anything for the messages. Most of the messages we send out, we don't ask for anything. We don't even ask for a suggested donation. How many ministries do that? We send the stuff out free. Solace Radio, it's free, right? Nobody's asking you for anything. But if people feel blessed and they want to know how they could be a blessing, gospel friendly. The gospel friendly. And I don't want to put it on you because we have a small fellowship here. And you guys have been very generous. You really have. Incredibly generous. God has done great things through your generosity. And I don't want to hammer you. I just don't want to do that. I don't want to put it all on you. It's just, it's not even right. You know what I mean? It's just not right. That, that just a small group. So anyway, you know what I'm saying. Pray that God opens up a door, a miraculous door from some big fat church that loves India or loves missions or something. You know what I mean? That just has, you know, a gazillion dollars and they're putting on, you know, they're opening up a concert hall for 42 billion. Just this will go, I'm telling you, these pastors will work it and they will work it and they will just, the Lord will anoint it. I, you know how, it would just be neat to me to think that a million people from a hundred Bibles, you know, is that crazy? It's crazy to me because I don't think like that, but imagine a million souls. Yeah, it could happen. Sure. Sure. It could happen. I think it, right. Why not? Why not? I mean, we got 10,000 and we haven't done that much. So what's right. Anyway, um, thank you. Thank you for, for participating in this and believing in it and all that stuff. And I know it's hard to get people involved because I tell people and they're like, yeah, no, they just don't like believe it or they think, no, you're going to, you're not going to use it for the, it's like so hard. Nobody trusts anymore. Nobody trusts. And I'm like, okay, I'm not asking you to trust me. Could you pray? Do you have any discernment? Would the Holy Spirit speak to you? I'll, 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 if you say the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said it's no good, I'll defer to what you hear. But can you pray instead of just a blanketed, no, we don't do that. We don't do that anymore. You know what I mean? We don't want to be a, a terminal for blessing. We want to be a channel. And I just feel like these people, when you see them, man, you just got to gotta love them. Um, anyway, I'm going to try to talk to some rich folks this week. Some, some, <laughs> some people I know. I have the video. I know, you know, John did a great job, but it's not professionally done or anything. But there's some guys I know at some, you know, they know me a little bit. I've never really asked them for anything. I really haven't. So I'm going to let them see the video, I think, and just, you know, they're believers. They love the Lord. and. Um, who knows? You know what I mean? Uh, give it a shot. I hope I don't get discouraged because I might get really mad at them, you know? Like, you rich pig! <laughs> and then I'll just blow the whole thing, right? So, so pray, uh, yeah, pray for me that I, that I do what God wants me to do and not what I want to do on it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thanks. It's a bad world out there. So take solace in the word on Solace Radio.